Take an atom, call it carbon. Let it be agreeable, as the chemists say, able to bind with four other atoms at once, and you fabricate the backbone of life. Sitting in a diffuse light, surrounded by plants on all sides, my fingers hold pen, and purple ink spills out onto the page of my field journal. What of this world, I wonder, isn't made of carbon? And how did we come to a time and place where you, me, the entire world, has become exhorted to decarbonize? When did carbon become a dirty word? How have we meddled so profoundly that I now worry about the climatic cost of the cellulose fibers in the very paper that records these words? Yet moments ago, on this late January morning, it was not worry but pleasure that spread through my body as I stepped into the cool spaciousness of this greenhouse operated by my university's horticulture department. This building is neither big nor particularly handsome, especially not in comparison to the elegant orangeries of Victorian England that I've been reading, really drooling over. No, my pleasure grew from the same root of desire that has for millennia tempted people like me to transport and grow plants beyond their native ranges. People like me who have not hesitated to alter climate even if only small enclosed spaces in order to meet the needs of a flora naive to winter or to push plants beyond their seasonal rhythms. Outside the native plants of the South Thompson Valley, sage and pine, and pine and bunch grass, balsam root and geranium have long quieted into their winter dormancy, an adaptation inherited from those who came before. Many endure below ground. Taller ones like trees and shrub must resist wind and ice and snow along with the low temperatures. But the world inside this greenhouse, with its insistent hum of a heater, knows no winter. Instead, it shines with reflected green, vibrates with photon capture and release. Above me, our corrugated polyvinyl washes blue sky into shades of white. Snow slides off in large whooshes of sound. To the left, a waist-high metal bench runs the full length of the greenhouse, covered in succulents, agaves, and sparse-leaved fuchsias. To the right, a similar-sized bench carries geraniums before giving way to shrub-sized cycads, a brugsmania taller than me, and a rather extraordinary orange-petaled Indian mallow. <laughs>